I get tickled. I get tickled reading the rubrics for the marriage, right? Um, and you guys were here last week, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. I uh, don't have anything, like, trite or frivolous. And that goes, I think that goes with, like, any any worship service, which is what a marriage, which is what the wedding rite is. So if you don't want to have your wedding be a worship service, then you should not have it in a church. Amen. So that's that's what churches are here for. Um, there you go. So, yeah, I don't, Transfiguration though, is there like any? It's so awesome. It it really is amazing that I just love that Peter can't. It's a, he doesn't finish saying the goofy thing about building the tents for those guys. You're like, hey, all right, whatever. But yeah, it's it's so great. And is there any is there anything better than Peter? He is. I mean, I feel like Peter all the time. I say, you know, how, how many of us just like? I'm. It's crazy. I still regret things that I said when I was like seven years old. Like, what's wrong with me? Huh? Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I know. It's awful. But Peter. Just... I remember things I did, not things I said. Oh, yeah. And I regret many of those. Well, my sense of self-loathing and regret is much deeper than yours. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Peter's just awesome. And uh, Luther says this wonderful thing in a sermon. It's like. If, if he was an artist, he would paint Peter just, and all over him would just be the words forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And it's so good. And then you remember, yeah, you're like, okay, Jesus seriously picked this guy to be one of the apostles and to be called the prince of the apostles. Um, and renamed him the rock immediately. He re- names him the rock. And you're like, well, he names the confession the rock. Yeah. Yeah, it was just Cephas. He's what in the world? So the the people that Jesus picks to be the apostles, they're it's not like being good or faithful that gets you chosen. He just chooses you and that's it. And yeah. They're he chooses all sorts of different people, and uh, and then finally me. Uh, so you know, it's we worry about the church all the time, but we should probably stop doing that. Well, they were probably worried about it in the early days of the church too. You're like, there's twelve of us, and we're supposed to do what? So, um. Yeah, Peter. Married. Right? So, but yeah, hey. Rise and stop being afraid. And how many times does Jesus have to tell people, stop being afraid? Yeah, and I start thinking about, like, you know, all the things that I'm afraid of. You know? Like, real existential 
threats that we're facing. I mean, like, our world is falling apart. It's bad. It's awful. No one else is going to teach your children for you. And, and if you let the world teach your children, it's going to be... It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be perverted. You know? Um... Yeah, it's awful. But anyways, Jesus is like, hey, well, don't worry. And he knows what's coming. And he goes, well, we'll go back down there. Okay. Go to the cross, suffer and die. Wow. Don't be afraid. But then the cool thing is, is that like they actually go out and they're not afraid. And they're like, oh, okay. We are going to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And they do. And they all die and get killed. Oh, well. But they don't die like, uh, they don't die like cowards, though, do they? They don't deny Christ. And, uh, yeah. This is all, this is, sorry, Janet, this is all the Aragorn speech at the Black Gate. It's awful. Janet lent me a book and it has sent me down like an. Oh. A, yeah. All right. So let's see. Holy matrimony. This is page 275. Now, at my wedding, my wedding was perfect. Um, the. Well, they told me it was even. So they said, this should be how all weddings are done. So the, the pastor who did it said that. So I'll believe him. But uh, so we started out on the, uh, the front steps of the church with this stuff. So Martin Luther, when he's thinking about what a wedding service looks like, he actually prefers that the couple goes to the courthouse first. Uh, and then you kind of have the wedding procession go over to the church. And I kind of like that. It seems kind of fun. I don't know. I don't really know how you do this now. But I'm guessing back in those days, like, they were probably quite, like, close to one another or something. And so you could just, like, walk around the street. Have you guys been to Wittenberg? I've been to Wittenberg, but most of those European cities that were square, you know, city square, the old town square. Was it cool? Wittenberg's cool. Oh, it, it looks cool. I know. So, yeah. I went to... Every Lutheran in the world went to Wittenberg in, in 2017 you know, for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. We went to the UK instead. So I thought we'd go a couple years later maybe when everything is still nice. Yeah, and there's no crowds anymore. So there's no crowds anywhere ever again now though. So ever. Um, so yeah, it's... Again, this, this can be its own service or it can be used at the beginning of the divine service uh, or, or matins or something like that. So in, in most of the time, it is just this kind of standalone rite. But the whole first part of this is just telling you what marriage is. So when you come to, when you come to do premarital pastoral care or whatever, um, I'm not a counselor, and so I don't like to call it counseling, you know, because cause then you'll think that I'm a counselor. I'm there to 
make you not be sad or something like that, but I'm not a counselor. So I took one counseling class in seminary and I watched every episode of Frasier and that's the extent of my counseling training. So I'm a pastor. So yes, pastoral care, whatever it is. But when you get married and you come in, Logan, you're probably the next one, but, um, are you, getting married? Are you engaged yet, Logan? Legal in most, I don't know. Um, you, can, you can get married when you're 17, right? You should ask them anyways, too, right? So that's apparently a thing now that like people don't always ask the, the father or the bride if they can marry their daughter. Like, oh, that's nice. Do that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's, it's, we, this is I, all I do when we when you come and say, Pastor, we're going to get married. I say, great. Let's come in. Let's like talk about this stuff and see if you're actually up for it. You know? Um, and again, well, yeah, I mean, you don't really know what you're getting into. Um, but I have had, I have been, um, I mean, it's a little like frightening, I guess. I've I've run off a couple people, you know. They still got married. They just, like didn't want to talk to me about it anymore, because uh, basically it's an extended study of Ephesians five, but it's wonderful. So um, we're on page two hundred seventy five on Lutheran Service Book. After we have heard the non frivolous music and the completely appropriate soloist here, you know, uh, then. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, you guys know that little red cross right there, that means when you make the sign of the cross. So, whenever you see that, you make the sign of the cross. There's different opinions on how to make the sign of the cross. Um, I teach people head, belly button, shoulder, and then over your heart. So, there's an eastern way to do it and a western way to do it whatever, just do it. It's nice. It's the very first thing in the catechism when you wake up in the morning. Make the sign of the Holy Cross. You know? It's great. So, we make the sign of the Holy Cross in remembrance of our baptism. Okay? So we're marked with the sign of the Holy Cross. It's one of the things that we actually give you in Holy Baptism. We, in, in baptism, we actually say, receive the sign of the Holy Cross, marking you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. That's part of the rite. It's kind of cool. So we actually give it to you. Do you know what other gift we give you in the, in the baptismal rite? It's kind of a lot of things, but other than salvation and like, other than that, there's, one, there's at least one other thing that we actually give you in the baptismal rite. Kind of. Not yeah, not like certificates or something. No. So we put our we put your my hand on your head and we give you the Lord's prayer. So we actually give you the Lord's prayer then. So you're saying our Father. That's like our Father. Like we're brothers and sisters now. 
That's, he's our Father. So that's one of the very first things we do. We give you the sign of the cross, and we give you the Lord's Prayer. So anytime we make the sign of the cross, it's out of, it's out of um, yeah, it's that. So, and then as we've been seeing the book of Revelation, too, on Wednesday nights, like, the sign of the cross is tattooed on your forehead. It is marked on your forehead. So we call this a sacrament. The word sacrament is not in the Bible. The church picks this word very early on. Um, sacrament just means oath. And sacrament was the, it was the oath that uh, Roman soldiers would take to uh, swear loyalty to the uh, SPQR, to the Senate and the uh, population of Rome. And you've seen, how many of you have seen the movie Gladiator with Russell Crowe? Yeah, it came out in like 2000, 2001. It's awesome. It's so good. This is the one where he's like in the, in the Colosseum. Are you not entertained? Well, anyways, there's a big scene in that movie where, because he's got the tattoo, he has a tattoo of SPQR, the, the symbol of Rome. And if you go to Rome now, that's still like everywhere, right? It's on the manhole covers in Rome. And um, uh, he cuts it off. Like, that's one of the big things in the movie. He cuts off his sacramentum, the, the mark. So the early church says, well, this is what that is. This is your tattoo. It's given to you. It's on your forehead. You can't really see it. Uh, I often offer to pay for your tattoos. I will not offer to pay for your baptismal forehead tattoo. If you want to put it somewhere else, maybe that'd be fine too. But, you know, forehead, I will not pay for any facial tattoos. Okay. So, um, just so you know. Um, but yeah, that, that's why we do this. You were wondering if it's okay to get a face tattoo. The answer is no. Yeah. Um, although, I don't know, if we have to wear masks for the rest of our lives, maybe, maybe this is the hour of the face tattoo, people. And that, yeah. Don't do it. But anyway, this is also what, so Ash Wednesday's coming up, and that's what Ash Wednesday is, and we're actually, like, making that sign visible then. So the ashes are an anointing, um, but that's why we do that. So a lot of Lutherans don't grow up with the practice of making the sign of the cross. I didn't. It took a long time for me to get comfortable with it. Um, but now I am. So I still don't do the water. I've never, like, I've never gotten attached to that. I think it's a beautiful thing, though. So it's something that I want my children to do. I just... I don't know. There's nothing more touching to me than like when people come up to the altar with like wet foreheads. That's wonderful. Not sweaty, but baptismal water. So, um, so then we're telling everyone why you're here. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of God before his church uh, and before his church to witness the union of this man and this woman in holy matrimony. This is an honorable estate. Estate instituted and blessed by God in paradise before humanity's fall into sin. Wow. Why do people get married even though they're not Christians? 
Why does anyone get married? Every, this is wired into almost every single one of us. It is. Like, you don't even have to tell anyone. They just, it's just wired into us. You're like, oh, there, I need something else. Uh, this other human being. It, it, I mean, it, it's just remarkable. And it, it, it exists in, in almost every single culture on the face of the earth, too. It's wonderful. There are a few, like, every once in a while you find some, like, uh, weird, like, polygamist uh, tribal culture or something like that. Um, but it is remarkable. It is around the world, throughout all of history... Um, I'm trying to like figure out the words for just marriage since we there are all sorts of marriages now, right? But one man, one woman, like husband and wife, has been the norm. Well, why is that? Well, because we all came from the same place. We all we all got this from the same place. The Lord actually blessed blessed paradise with marriage. It's great. Human beings were created once. Um, this, everyone argues about when life begins. You know, does it begin at conception or does it begin at, I don't know, when the first heartbeat or something like that. But life began once. And, and I think this even like makes the case stronger why you can't just go killing little babies. Because like that is, that thing has inherited the life that was given to Adam from God. Wow. And, and again, we have no real control over it. We don't understand how it works. All right? I mean, that's the crazy thing about like DNA and stuff too, right? We don't really understand what DNA really is yet. It's insane. It's just... We can't make it. There's like billions. I, I, don't, I don't understand it, you know. Well, everyone, we all think we do now with the mRNA vaccines and everything. You're like, well, this is how this works. It alters your DNA. I don't know what it does. I just remember uh, all the diagrams with the, like, the helix and then like the RNA is like making the DNA. And I'm like, wow. Come on, people. So I don't know. Logan probably knows more about this than anyone of us because you probably have some biology stuff right now, right? How many moles does a DNA weigh? <laughs> Is that a question we can answer? <laughs> but it's, it's great. Anyway, but God, God gave this gift to, to all of humanity. It's just wild. And... So in every single marriage, every single marriage is a picture of, of Eden. You're actually beholding Adam and Eve. This is paradise. And that's your goal, too, is to actually make your home, your family, a place of, of, of paradise. Like, you should do that. And when you don't want to do that, then that's when things fall apart and they get all nasty. But, um, yeah, it's great.
I mean, you think about how things were in Eden. Now, does anyone have any uh, guesses on how long they lasted? Like Adam and Eve till the fall? Does anyone have any, like, we don't know, but, you know, Luther says a day. He says the very next day they fell. Not long. Not long, yeah. Which I'm, I, I think that's probably right. I don't think they made it very far. Um, especially because, like, well, they certainly didn't make it nine months. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have any babies yet. <laughs> so, I mean, does anyone think that they just were like, this is great. Thank you so much. Like, yeah, well, how come we can't have that one thing? <laughs> Which is the thing that we all also understand, right? You know, we're like, how, why on earth would they do that? Well, you know why they would do it, because, because you do that. Yeah, because you can't be content either. So, yeah. Now, the reason, too, why we ask, dearly beloved, we are gathered here, so we're assuming that there's also a bunch of other people here. Why do you invite people to your wedding? It's It's a church. It is a church, right. It's something that the church celebrates together. You invite people to your wedding because they're going to hear you take vows and you actually want them to hold you to those vows because it's hard and you, you need people to be there so that when you say, yeah, we're calling it, you say, oh, whoa, 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 hey, um, let's talk about this. I was actually there when, when you said that you were in this for better, for worse, or for richer, for poorer, sickness and health. So, so what happened? Now, the problem is, like, people don't, people normally don't, like, come talk to the pastor until those, until the papers have been filed and everything, you know? Um, I don't know, I don't know what the rules are in Alaska, but in North Carolina, you had to file the papers and then wait a year for it to be finalized. It actually seemed wise to me, you know? Because I know, like, it's easy to get divorced now. Like, no-fault divorce is something that you're just like, oh, yep, we're done. Um, but I don't know what the rules are in Alaska. Do you know how long it, Can you just... Can you just get divorced, like, tomorrow here? I don't think it's that close. Yeah, there is some sort of waiting time, isn't there? You probably... And so you can only do it during uh, business hours, Monday through Friday, and... But... Anyways, I, I think it, that's wise, and I think it's because you do want people to say, hey, well, I mean, here's the deal. How do I want to be loved? Do I want to be loved only the better, the health, and the richer? Well, that's not really love, is it? It's, it's conditional love. It's a, it's a, it's a marriage of, of convenience for one party, you know? I would like someone to love me for better or for worse in sickness and health and richness and in, in poverty. That's how I would like to be loved. 
Is it, does anyone here only want to be loved during the good times? Well, well no. That, that, again, that's not love. Um, it, yeah, and, and it's a selfish thing then when we say, well, things are tough. I'm done. Well, guess what you're going to find then? Like, once, once the papers are filed and everything's finalized, you're, you're going to go back out and your life is just going to be like, everything's going to be happy. Well, no, you'll find more problems somewhere else, right? You might as well fix these ones. You're just going to find more problems, I think. So, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a great blessing. So that's why it's also so painful when they fall apart. Um, yeah, I am like, I'm kind of amazed at how, uh, how difficult it can be divorced. To, to get divorced, but how involved of a process it is. It seems like you have to like really want to get divorced to do it. You don't just accidentally stumble into it. And I think when I was a kid, I was always like, oh, well, it's just... Well, when I was a kid, it was still a scandalous thing. You know, My friend's mom was divorced, and that was like... Whew. We don't talk about that around the dinner table. But, yeah, it, it's... I don't know. It, it's it's a much more accepted thing now, and I, you know, and whatever people are sinners. Sinners gonna sin, so we do want to be merciful towards people. Um. All right. Next paragraph. In marriage, we see a picture of the communion between Christ and His bride, the Church. Our Lord blessed and honored marriage with his presence in first miracle at Canaan Galilee this last week. Yeah. Does it get any better than that? Yeah. I mean, you really wonder why, why Jesus comes and he says, oh, rise, don't be afraid. Because this is the same guy who's at the wedding at Cana. This is awesome. This estate is also commended to us by the Apostle Paul as good and honorable Therefore, marriage is not to be entered into inadvisedly or lightly, but reverently, deliberately, in accordance for the purposes, with the purposes for which it was instituted by God. Yeah. So then the next paragraph will talk about those purposes, why marriage is actually given. Um, but yeah, it is a picture of communion between Christ and his bride. And, and that's how like profound the... This, this thing actually is. I mean, you're not just finding someone to spend your life with. This is, a, this is a picture of Christ and his church. And if your marriage is actually a picture of Christ and his church, then it's going to work. Uh, will it be, will it look awesome? Probably not. Um, and I don't enjoy gazing upon the crucifix. I have them around because it's actually difficult to deal with. You know? Sometimes Christ and his church look like look as wretched as, as, as he does. The, why do we love Jesus? Well, there is nothing in him that, that we should admire him or love him. He's not beautiful. People aren't attracted to Jesus because he has like good cheekbones or something. Well, no, 
they're attracted to him because he draws them to himself. But, um, yeah. How does Christ love the church? Oh. How does Christ love the church? Well, and that's how husbands love their wives, okay? And if they aren't, then it's not going to work. And you will be miserable and unhappy. It just won't work. Uh, if the husband does not see his wife perfect, sinless, spotless, I mean, and you all know, like, couples where the husbands are just, like, well, abuse, physical or mental, trying to make them into something they're not. Uh, and it's just awful. It's just awful. Husbands that, that uh, think their wives are less than perfect. You're actually called to see your wife as being the only perfect woman on the face of the earth. It's wonderful. She doesn't think so, but that's fine. You do. And then the wife simply has to say, oh, all right, yeah. I can, I can buy that. And this is how it works with, with, with Christ in the church. We come to Christ and I say, I am not cutting it. You have no idea how deep the sin is here. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And um, I've, I've, I washed you. You're clean. I love you. Great. Let's get on with our life. You know? And, and, and that's, that's the picture of marriage. That's the husband and the wife. And by the way, this is a radical thing for them to be saying back then, too. The, the Paul writes this in Ephesians 5, that the husband is supposed to love his wife. I mean, the marriage practice back then is basically you have a wife so that you can have children to like carry on your estate or whatever. But, but then you have like all these things on the side. You know? It was just, it's awful. Uh, if you've read Plato, you're like, ooh, this is, this is like one of the uh, brightest minds of the Western world and we based our like, Western democracy on Plato? Oh, okay, well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I read this, I read a book by Plato on the plane when we were going to Hawaii last year, uh, the symposium, and like, halfway through this thing, I'm just like, is this ever going to not be about, like, uh, just a ton of gay stuff? Oh, like. It's like, I hope, like, other people on the plane don't know what I'm reading. I hope no one else has read this, because, like, here I am trying to read Plato. I'm like, I'm reading Plato. I'm, and I'm like, oh, gosh, this is, this is wretched. Huh? Yeah, hopefully, unless they're, like, also people who wanted to be smarty pants and then, like, discovered that this is gross. But, yeah, it's, it's an it's a absolutely wild concept back then in the Roman Empire, for them to be like, oh, yeah, 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 love her. Love her. And no one else. Just like Christ in the church. Yeah. You take care of her. Oh, and your children. 
Wow. Did anyone here ever, uh, did anyone here, like, ever go to, was anyone here sent to boarding school? Threatened a lot. My parents threatened. My mother. My mother threatened. They'll send you to boarding school. Oh. Really? That's interesting. It seems like such a strange thing to do. I mean, I, I, I feel a little icky about sending my kids to school, you know? Just basically being like, here, other adults, uh, teach my kids all day long. And I don't really know what exactly they do in there. But then just to, like, uh, send them off to, like, somewhere completely different. That seems kind of, I mean, different strokes for different folks, I guess. But your family is really important. Your, your family is a picture of, of Eden, you know? There you go. You want your house to be Eden. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. When marriage is, is working, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And when it's not, that just means you need to, like, figure it out and forgive each other. So, um, I have recently like discovered that I've I've been fairly naive with some things, thinking that you can just like forgive each other and like get on with your life. Like I know that that's not that things are harder than that, but I think it has to start there. You know, you actually do have to forgive one another and love one another. So things don't just magically get fixed, and you should work on them. But. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've, learned, I've learned that it's actually difficult um, to bear those fruits. But yeah, there, there he is. Jesus goes to the wedding. Awesome. He loves it. Why does God love marriage so much? Well, it's because he, like, he made it. Huh. Yeah. yeah, you're not supposed to be alone. Now, yeah, there are some people who are given the gift of celibacy. I do know some of them. Um, yeah, in the report from them, if you're actually given the gift of celibacy and, and being a single man or woman, like, the reports are that it's very awesome. Uh, <laughs> they have, like, more money. They do what they want. And, and they're fine with it. They're not troubled by this at all. Again, I, I know... I know Several of them. The worst thing in the world, though, would be like not having the gift of celibacy and also not being able to find your Eve or your Adam. Ugh, the constant longing. But how hard must it be to find a, a mate these days? You just. Right? Is it hard? Yeah. You think it is hard? It not that weird, too? Like, you, you can't... I mean, I don't really believe a soulmate is a real thing. But that um, not just everyone fits with everyone. There are... I mean, I don't... I'm sure there's all sorts of, like, uh, things about this. But the, your compatibility with, with other people. I mean, that's the interesting thing about dating, too. Is that, like... I remember, like, dating people when I was in college. And there's some point you're just kind of like... Well... This is just, this is, this doesn't work, you know? How how strange is that? But then finally, it's like, oh, well, you, 
well, I was sitting in class and my wife was sitting right behind me. I don't remember if I was in front or behind, I remember. But I was like, oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. And uh, you can never think of anything having been any other way. It's, it's a beautiful thing. There she is. I still think she's perfect. Um, I really do. And that's kind of part of marriage, too. It's like, I think, and I can only speak from the perspective of a man, but looking at your wife and being like, wow, she really signed on to this. This is, this is pretty remarkable. Me? Again. Yeah. Anything else with that little paragraph there? <laughs> I mean, it's not only Eden. It's not only Cain and Galilee. It's also the end of the world. Like the end of the... The end of the Bible is also a story of marriage. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, adorned as a bride dressed for her husband. So that's you, that's the church. All right, we got three purposes for marriage here. Uh, There are three reasons why we get married. Uh, Companionship. Because you want to be able to it's actually nice to go through life with someone. Companionship. Curbing of lust. And uh, procreation. Uh, don't say reproduction. That's, that's like a... That's an icky word. You're not, you're not reproducing. You're procreation. You're creating. You are participating in God's creative act in your marriage, bearing children. So, the union of husband and wife in heart, body, and mind is intended by God for the mutual companionship, help, and support that each person ought to receive from the other, both in prosperity and adversity. Marriage was also ordained so that man and woman may find delight in one another. Therefore, all persons who marry shall take a spouse in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust. For God has not called us to impurity, but in holiness. God also established marriage for the procreation of children who are to be brought up in the fear and instruction of the Lord so that they may offer him their praise. So, I mean, that's like... uh, There's a lot... Maybe you did this when you went to, like, premarital counseling or whatever, like, all that... Um, how many of you did like uh, those compatibility tests? You have to like take tests and things. You did. I want to know what like what happens if you're taking that test and it comes back like red flags, like not gonna work. If you're like a Taurus trying to marry a Capricorn, am I right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually know anything about all that stuff, but I think it's funny that people want to base things on astrological signs, which are not real things. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, what happens if you go to the, the pastor and he, like, you know, amateur psychologist gives you this test and it says, like, rejected. You can't get married. 
do you, do you, do you actually stop? I don't know. Um, I don't do those things. So I figure, like, if you've made it this far, that you're sitting in my office and we're talking about getting married, like, we're headed in a good direction here, okay? Like, you guys are together. You're in the church. By the way, we're not a marriage chapel. We're not a wedding chapel. We don't do weddings for, like, just anyone off the street, okay? Uh, This is a congregational thing. So, yeah, we don't just marry anyone off the street. Uh, I am not an Elvis that's just marrying anyone who walks in here. That's not the way this works, okay? But, yeah, I figure if you guys are there and are actually interested in this, uh, if you're in the divine service every week and, like, confessing your sins together and receiving the, the body and blood of Christ together, then, like, we're in a good place, you know? And maybe those things are just, like, meant to, like, tell you how to talk to each other better or something like that. Does everyone know what their love language is? What's your love language? Five, are there five love languages, right? But it actually is kind of helpful to know those things. So those are these helpful things. Uh, but this is my test. It was like, well, the, the, three, the three things here, right? Um, are you actually in this for companionship? Are you actually in this for the curbing of lust or the proper outlet for uh, sexual desire, right? And because that's something that's built into you. And it's, it's not a bad thing. It just has to find its proper outlet in marriage. And what happens when sexual desire gets outside of the marriage bonds? Well, this is when you get like all sorts of disease and unwanted children and all sorts of terrible, terrible things. It's like, well, God kind of, this is kind of how it works. Well, and guess what? If you sin, like, don't be surprised uh, when you get sick from that, okay? Drinking too much, sleeping around. Okay, well, you have problems that might kill you, even. Um, and then, yeah, are you going to have kids? Are you guys going to have kids? Say, no, no kids. Well, you probably are not cut out for marriage then, you know? So, and that's like the, the whole idea that marriage is an obstacle, that children are an obstacle, rather than like the reason for you having any sort of success in this life, you know? Now, this is easy for me to say because I, you know, have three kids who are 11 to five, but... It's like, we'll find out what I say about this once they're, like, you know, graduated or something or gone. Like, then I will have to find a new reason. Uh, oh, well, then the grandkids eventually start coming along, and that's great. Then the grandkids start coming, yes. So, <laughs> yeah, if people are like, no, don't have any children. Well, that's, that's what this is for. That's how God builds the world. Oh, awesome. Um. Yeah, but in, in most of the time. Now, this is not to say that people who are unable to conceive have marriages that they need to, like, call it off or something, too. Okay? Sometimes that happens, and I think it's, it's good to recognize... Um, it's good to recognize that that a, a, can be a very tough thing for people. But, yeah, it's... it's a, 
infertility, difficulty conceiving, is very challenging. So, any questions on you know, the three reasons for marriage? Seems pretty simple, right? One of the things I love about this, too, is that, like, um, you grow into these things. I mean, I did not just... I remember, uh, Ellie and I had been married, like, six months or something, and we had to uh, babysit someone's, like, nine-year-old and seven-year-old daughters. And I was like, this is awful, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, they don't leave you alone. I don't know what to say to them. This is awful. But guess what? Like, unless you're adopting kids, they give them to you as, like, they're very portable and they're, like, cute and, and you just take them wherever you want to go and, and, and they're, like, they're, they're easy. Right, they're, I mean, they they cry a lot. And they do hard baby things, but they're still you're like, oh, okay, well, I can deal with that. And for the most part, you get one at a time, you know. So yeah, I mean, if someone just like dropped my family on me as a single twenty-two year old man, I think I would, I would probably die, <laughs> you know. But you build up to it, you grow into it, and that's again, that's just it's great. Uh, but I mean, now I'm like, this is awesome. But uh, yeah, he really does like give you gifts. He really does sustain your life. So anyways, for these reasons, God has established the holy estate that Adam and Eve uh, wish to enter. For they desire our prayers as they begin our marriage in the Lord's name and with his blessing. So... That's why you're there, to pray for them. And it's good to pray for people who are married. And we do every week, you know. We guys excited? We finally got to pray for Joseph today. It's kind of fun. So, we're not going to pray for Joe. That's a nickname. He was baptized as Joseph. So. Did you find out about the mayor yet? I have not received the news. Yeah, me neither. Um, but but the lady that's a friend of mine is in the attorney's office, in the, and she will answer me if she can. Yeah. It's not like she's, um, you know, she just doesn't ignore things she can't figure out. She, she... So, very good. Um. Well, that might keep some people in. <laughs> 200 bucks? 30 days. I mean, that's interesting. Even the state doesn't want people running around just getting divorced willy-nilly. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to get married than it is divorced, right? Legally. Yeah. Although, I, if, you wanna, if you have to go like change your name and go through all the... That rigmarole, you know, you don't, you don't have to. You should. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's pray. Let us pray. Lord God, you have joined together man and woman. We pray for all those who are married and those who seek marriage. Uh, that this great gift would be held in holiness and in reverence among us, uh, that we would love this gift, and that husbands would love their wives, and, and wives would love their husbands. Uh, we pray for marriages going through difficulties, that in uh, the, the worst of times, that they would find forgiveness and mercy and grace for one another, uh, as it has been shown to us. Um, preserve us who are married and, uh, and bless even those who, who still yet uh, seek this wonderful gift. Um, make this to be a place where uh, your gift of marriage is, is held in, in high esteem by all. We give thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone.